is very good afternoon. It's Niall Boyle of the Niall Boyle Podcast. They told me to shut up. But see, I, I, I just don't shut up. Really, nobody can actually tell me to shut up. We've lots to get to today, and I want to get your calls throughout the show, by the way. We will have some guests to talk to, but I do want to get your calls. It's really, really important. Uh, so please, WhatsApp or text at any stage at 85 100 That's 85 100 Now, what we decided to tackle today, and I'll tell you the reason why I decided to tackle that, because over 5,000 offers of social housing were refused in the last two years. Some of the reasons are bonkers, by the way. Kildare seems to be the worst. And Leitrim, can I point out, by the way, mind you, I might understand Leitrim. There's very few local services available for people in Leitrim. It's a little bit overpopulated for the size of the town. But some of the reasons that people will, um, I suppose, refuse social housing, not enough room for storage for my motorbike, uh, bedrooms being too small, only one bathroom, Heaven forbid. I was raised in a council house many years ago. There was a queue for the bathroom. There was five of us in the house. You had to knock on the door and hopefully somebody wasn't in there reading the newspaper. Uh, The other thing as well is not close enough to my mother. I mean, if you're in the private sector and you're purchasing a home and your mother happens to live in Docky or Kalini or Fox Rock or Malahide or Port Marnock or any fancy place in Ireland kind of leafy suburb, you're probably not going to be able to afford to live beside her anyway. So that's kind of discrimination, isn't it? By you're giving people preference to live beside their mother. Anyway, the reason I decided to to go down this road was because it brings up this idea of a constitutional right to a home. More than six out of ten Irish people believe the right to housing should be enshrined in the constitution. Now Ireland has no constitutional basis or legally established right to housing. However, Ireland has established housing policy to guide the government for housing provision and programmes. But the Citizens' Assembly are meeting, as they are about everything else. Uh, they have a lot of things to be doing in the Citizens' Assembly at the moment, if you have any truth or any basis in what they actually do or you believe in what they do. But they're hoping to have a referendum. Two years ago, Fianna Fáil and the private member's bill said the referendum would happen within 18 months. Here we are two years later, it hasn't happened. It would be practically impossible for us to vote at this particular moment in time on you know the right to housing in this country because the courts would be full. Because we have a housing crisis. So realistically, I can't see it practically ever happening unless we fix the housing crisis first. And then you might get the odd case of the High Court where somebody decides they haven't been given provision for housing. So what does housing mean? Currently at the moment in the Constitution, you have a right to shelter. Shelter means a hostel. It doesn't mean a tent, by the way, but it means a hostel, temporary accommodation, the government is not in breach of its its obligations to you if they put you up or make those available to you. And they are available, generally speaking. They have been a little bit in short supply at the moment, obviously, with 100,000 people coming into the country or over 100,000 in the last 12 months. That's made it difficult for the government. But generally speaking, that has been provided over the last 50 years. But the, ha- the right to a house or somewhere permanent to call home is a little bit more difficult and a bitter pill for some to swallow. And I want to know if you agree with it. Would you be voting yes for the right to a permanent home, which I suppose is a house or an apartment, depending on what you want? Would you be in favour of that? Let me know what you think. The number is, as usual, 85 100 That's 85 100 Joining me on the line... It's Carl Dieter, who's a financial analyst and an expert when it comes to property. And also Peter Dooley, who ran as independent candidate in the last election. And also with the Dublin Renters Union. Good evening, lads. How are you? Hiya. Um, Firstly, Peter, let's just go to you first. Peter, the idea that, firstly, well, we were meant to have a referendum this year. I can't see it happening. I'm sure you can't see it happening either. But explain to me why you believe it's so important for the right to a permanent home or somewhere to call home. I think it's vital in any civilized or progressive society that the right to a home is uh, paramount for the foundation block of any society. I think having a home is a social good, is a basic 
as I said, building block towards building a better society and economy for everyone. Like giving everybody an opportunity to have a home from from uh, a young age is vital. Like we see a horrific amount of it's our own humanity, full blown humanitarian crisis in the context of the housing crisis at the moment. Uh, over nearly twelve and a half thousand people in emergency accommodation, three hundred thousand people in so-called hidden homeless, and up to a million people, as we know, renting as well, being forced into the insecure private rental market because of the government's and the EU's reliance on the private market to profit and make, for so many people to make money as an investment. Uh, commodity rather than seeing it as a as a basic social good for society and i think it's vital to have proper legislation in place proper enforcement of that legislation and it's as i said it's a foundation block of, of a decent and uh, okay should that council but should they here, here's the real question and we, we are in a difficult situation we're at a very odd juncture at the moment but should that situation or that constitutional right apply to everybody in the country only Irish citizens? I mean, should ever, anybody who arrives on our doorsteps, maybe and claims asylum, for example, or a Ukrainian refugee, should they be entitled to housing and home or somewhere to permanently call home if indeed they decide to stay? Well, the government has deliberately sowed division in society and sowed division deliberately because of their policies, uh, reliance, as I said, in the private market. Uh, there are serious issues regarding migration that should be addressed. Uh, having the policy they're having currently in terms of... Uh, Providing home for people who are Ukrainian refugees or, or other refugees has created a serious system of refugees in our society. It's also pitted Irish people, for instance, against many others who are battling for scarce resources in society. So I, I think it asks a deeper question of what democracy is. I think, and you know, I think that's a, that's a more fundamental question in terms of who makes decisions in our society. I think you you alluded to that six out of ten people would see a home being a social good in society or would be, would a basic be human right, I suppose. I think, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I think if that's a basic foundation block of society, surely then we should have, we should be able to decide on policy of the state, such as uh, housing policy, such as health policy, such as migration policy, should be down to the, the citizens and people of Ireland. I think that's a, that's a basic okay. question. I think it's uh, a basic Carl, fundamental point okay. of democracy. Carl, it's a fair point. You know, water is a basic human right. Well, we would class it as a basic human right. Food is a human right. Surely not just shelter, but somewhere to permanently call home that you're not sitting wondering are you going to be evicted the following week. Surely that should be a basic human right. Well, look, let's just be really clear. We're talking about a constitutional right. We're not talking about basic rights because nobody agrees that you should be starving or any of these things or have no water. We're talking about putting it in the Constitution. Okay. And in the Constitution, you have no constitutional right to food. Okay, which is an even more basic human right. And that's where this becomes a laughing stock because what we're talking about is saying to people, Do you believe you should have a right to housing? Yeah, I do. I think we should house people. You know, it's not in the constitution. Should it be a constitutional right? When you frame the question that way, of course, six out of 10 people will say yes because they don't actually have a clue even what the constitution covers. But you're, but you're saying there's no constitutional right to food. There <laughs> technically kind of is because if we look at the other referendum <laughs> oh, that they want to no, have, which is, is a woman's place actually, in the home, a woman it, does it, not have not to go mentioned. to work to necessitate feeding it, or, or it, raising it, her children. It, it, food is not mentioned as a right in the constitution. We are talking about that specifically. What you do see is things like But the state has a duty to citizens and children what, in the Constitution. What you see is things like Article 41.2, sorry, where it guarantees to protect the family in its constitution and authority as the necessary basis of social order and indispensable to the welfare of the nation and state. So there's a lot of implied rights in the Constitution. For instance, 
The Constitution offers you no right to privacy. You don't have that right. But all of us agree that you do have a right to privacy because it's an inferred right. Equally, Ireland has also signed up to things like the UN Declaration on Human Rights. Article 25 says everyone should have the right of well-being, including food, clothing, housing. We've covered this. This is not about housing. This is a political point for the ardent leftists who you know, usually will say, look, it's it, it's it's a it's a left progressive talking point to try to make this idea that if we write something down it'll build houses it doesn't equally loads of rights that you have aren't in the constitution so putting it in there it's not going to change anything but it's all we well and good but isn't it all well and good we for the middle or the upper space. but Carl it's all well and good for the middle or high earners and the and the upper class you know to turn around and say well. Everybody else shouldn't be getting something for nothing if I have to pay for it. When realistically, there, well, there are many people in this country who will struggle to even get themselves a one-bedroom apartment. It, look, even people in social housing don't get something for nothing. You still pay for it. Now, that we chronically mismanage our social housing, of which there are hundreds and thousands of homes, many of them chronically uh, full of empty rooms that we could solve homelessness tomorrow if we could manage our social housing stock. But because when you get a social house once, you get it for life, you know, because we mismanage it, we actually have a lot of the solutions in place. And we just refuse to address the elephant in the room, which is fixing it with the existing housing that we already have that could end homelessness tomorrow. But everybody's afraid to turn around and say, you know, because you lived in that house for 10 years, asking you to resize or move to, you know, a different house. Well, I mean, you can, you can ask. You can't but do that. Yeah, yeah, but you can ask. But if Mary is living in Fingless and her husband has passed away and her three kids have moved on in their lives and got their own homes and she's living in a three bedroom house in a community, you can ask you can incentivize but if she doesn't want to move she doesn't want to move and what are you going to do turf her out look look in the same way that if someone is in a public hospital bed i wouldn't let them say actually I, i want to stay in the hospital i just say look this is a public resource when you signed up you got a public resource we all have an interest in this country my kids your kids everyone's friends families mothers dads if we're truly a nation and these are public resources you can't commandeer them because if you want to commandeer something go buy it that's the way it is. Okay, well, okay, okay. Well, like let, well, well, let me come back to Peter. Peter, the, the argument against this whole idea of giving away housing, essentially, and, and guaranteeing people, you know, a house or a home or somewhere permanent that they have to live, is that it doesn't create ambition. In other words, that, that you know, should, why should I bother working? I might as well just walk out of the studio here. Should the government's going to give me a house anyway? They'll provide me with housing. They'll provide me with social welfare. They'll provide me with food. They'll provide me with everything. So then there's no incentive for me to actually do anything at all, realistically. People will still do it. But realistically, Carl is right. It does bad management. And I'm sure you accept there's bad management when it comes to the housing stock in Ireland, that we've got one person living in a three-bedroom house and you've got a whole family living in a two-bedroom house or a hotel room or an apartment. Well, absolutely. Since the foundation of the Irish state over 100 years ago, uh, two out of every three council houses, public houses, built through our public money has been sold off. Now we're many in, a, in the hands of private landlords. All the states, Dollar Trail, Dublin, Dollar Trail, Ireland, are actually in the hands of private landlords. Rather than actually keeping the public private housing for the public good. You know, that's what it should be kept for. I fundamentally agree with you there, Carl, because it should be kept for the public good. And they've sold it off, but now much is in the hands of private landlords. But you're making private landlords out to be the bad guys here. Like It's like it's not good cop, bad cop. I mean, a lot of them are just incidental people who happen to have an extra property. The the issue is a lot of this public housing stock has been sold off at huge discounts, up to 70% off the the value of these homes as well, has been sold off to huge discounts. Now people... Are, are set, could sell them off, families could sell them off eventually and then end up in the hands of the private market. 
investors. But you, yeah, but you know why that happened. But hang on, Peter. You know, back in the 1980s, when Dublin Corporation, of course, owned a huge amount of housing stock in Dublin, and I know because I lived in one of them and need more, they sold the housing stock off, you're right, at a huge discount because they sold it off at the cost it would have cost when they first moved in. But my father's case, in the mid-1980s, it was £1,600 to buy the house, which was a ridiculously low price. My father then passed away. I, I inherited the house and so did my sister. And then we sold it for whatever it was, 190 or 200,000 euro. So we not, made a profit not. from the state, which is wrong. And I get you. I get where you're going. But the reason they did that was because they couldn't afford to maintain the massive housing stock they had at the time. Niall, Dublin, Dublin Council didn't sell to landlords. When you talk about selling at a discount, that was actually sell. The only way you got that discount or could buy a council house is if you lived in it. So saying that it's full of landlords, it's not. It's full but of they, but they were then in, but they were then homes. sold but they were then sold yeah, on. Yeah, but but that that's like me I, saying, you know, someone someone built a hammer, you know, and ten ten transactions down the line it was used to, to break incorrect. a window. That, that's that's not incorrect. Factually incorrect. factually, the vast, vast majority of council homes that were ever sold from the council went to the families that were living in those homes and they did get a discount. Is it wrong? Yes, but it's not like it went like straight council to landlord or some a big conspiracy or something. That's not what happened. Well, look what happens. Well, look, all this all this public housing stock is now in the hand, hands of private hands. First of all, you had a tenant purchase scheme. Second private all, hands is good, isn't it? Second, se- well, no, well, not not when it's a put not not when it's for the public good, not when it's something that's built through public well, money. Well, all of our taxes part of the should be built too. for the public good. Hence, we have a public system. But unfortunately, in Ireland, what we have now is the drive towards uh, selling off our council housing. Ended up in the hands of these private landlords, a lot of vulture landlords who can actually, because some people in the market, even first time buyers from possibly buying those homes, can entertain the prospect of that. And then at the same time, the idiot, idiocy of the policy of of uh, using public money to boost the coffers of these big landlords, over 500 million euro last year was paid in housing assistance payments instead of building sustainable public homes for people where you can use, you can maintain the stock, you can use the rent to uh, look after the stock and, and invest in more public homes. But that's, they didn't do that with the housing that we have. It, but that's not true. Because but, but, we've but, never but, but he, but he does have a point, Carl, 25 we million. Well, hang on, well, hang on. 20, 25 million alone in Dublin is paid per month to private landlords on the housing assistance payments, which is the HAP scheme. 25 million. Imagine what we could be doing with that. Over, over half of that goes straight back into the tax system. A large chunk of that goes into local property tax. It also provides housing, let's not forget, which when you say when you say twenty five million, the alternative is is a horrific amount of homelessness. So let's just be really clear here. Well, okay. let's just be really clear. I just want to counter that that point you were saying, Carl, because I think that's incorrect. Fundamentally, the question is about the European Union. In 2009, part of our conditions as a bank bailout was to stop building public housing. That was part of the conditions. And then we've seen what happened. The collapse of the, the collapse of the society because of the introduction of vulture funds. And now we're in a situation now where we have a, a huge amount of people being forced into homelessness, uh, unaffordable rents, all these vultures yeah. throughout Dublin. A lot of them are keeping homes empty to keep the rents artificially high. Okay. But if, value looks higher. If, if, you cast, if, if you cast your mind back to 2009, like it's really a motive point in 2023 to say that. And I get it. But, you know, in 2009, we were talking about knocking down homes because we that country was full of ghost estates. We had a, a building boom that we built so many houses, we didn't even know what to do. So it, did it make sense to stop building houses at that point? Maybe. Now, a lot of people warned that we were going to have shortages. The government didn't listen. I was crying out about this for a long time. But the fact is, and let's just be really clear, 
that that supporting housing by whatever means possible is probably a good choice. And when we talk about Europe, the European Social Charter, Article 31, it's only six words long. Everyone has a right to housing. Ireland has prescribed to this. So let's just stick on point. The idea that you have a right that costs, you know, 300,000 euro is nonsense because the constitution is about inherent primary rights. In other words, rights that usually don't cost something. For instance, I have the right not to be killed by Peter or Niall or by anybody else. It doesn't cost 300,000 to provide that right. It is just an inherent primary right. And so the further that we go down this track, what you see is that people... They don't necessarily believe in a constitutional right to housing. What they do is they do believe and understand and, and have massive umbrage with housing shortages. They do have massive problems with so, public okay, housing so, so being so the, efficiently okay, managed. So, so, well, 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 hang on, Peter. Well, hang on, Peter. Let me, well, let me address that point. Okay, but let me address that point. And Carl makes a really good point. The reason that you're going to have six and ten people will walk into a ballot box if we had a referendum this year and will vote for the right to housing or a permanent home is because they're disappointed with the mismanagement over the last ten years of the way we currently, the system we currently have. In other words, there isn't enough housing. There isn't enough. There isn't enough affordable housing for people maybe on a lower or middle to lower income. So yeah, it's, it's not so it's not that they believe everybody's entitled. No, now. hang on, Peter. It's not that they believe everyone's entitled to a house. It's they believe that there's nothing affordable for them there because the government is mismanaging everything. But they're, they're not mismanaging it. It's artificially created. There's plenty, There's a lot of stuff. They are mismanaging it. Want, I mean, the last three housing ministers have been awful. They're doing it, they're doing it to, it's a deliberate policy to enrich their friends. Their friends are... Nah, I don't think it's... That's, just a, uh, that's, that's, that's not true, Peter. Nah, that's, that's, it's Peter, it's not deliberate. Do you really believe that, that a government is, would deliberately a leave a shortage in housing? housing well, hang on. Just, Peter, they want to be voted in again next year. Because I want to make the point that's very important about speculation. No, that is conspiracy. That's not speculation. Hang on a second. That they deliberately deliberately no no fact that, that they deliberately the cause homelessness is not a fact. That's you saying it's a fact. That, that doesn't make it a fact. The, the problem the part of the market driven uh they put the private they put the private market at the top of the list. Essentially what they've done is they've keeping houses empty all around the city. There's a huge amount of vacancy in Dublin. There's amount of, uh, you know, a glut of, you know, walk through Dublin City, you see the glut of over shops, which could be created as homes and vibrant communities for people. We you don't have them, but yeah, but we don't. But Carl, I'm not just... Hold on for a second. Peter, I'm not just... Hang talk, on, both of you. I'm not just agreeing with you. Hang on for a second. You can't make that into housing often because there's mobility issues and you have to make places accessible for all sorts of things. There's Peter, we're not... But hang on, hang on. But well, both of you for a second, hang on. Peter, I'm not disagreeing with you, but what I'm saying is... The reason that we have those vacant uh, houses or rooms over shops or whatever it happens to be, or ghost estates, which still exist, by the way, in Ireland, is we don't have the manpower. I mean, Sinn Féin are talking about building 120,000 houses or whatever it is. I can go into political party tomorrow and promise the, the citizens of this country I'll build 500,000 houses in the next two years. That's an, an empty promise. I can't do it because there isn't enough plasters, there isn't enough carpenters, there isn't enough bricklayers, there isn't enough people in the construction industry to physically build those houses. Money is not and never was the issue. It's physically well, what building. What we do them. is we address the current stock that's available at the moment. Ireland has the highest amount of vacant homes at the moment. Uh, the government brought in this vacant home tax that doesn't go because anywhere. Because they're not ready to give out. 
Because Mary, Ma- because Mary doesn't want Vegas. that house because the kitchen isn't the right colour or there isn't enough room for the motorbike or it's not close enough to our mother or it's just not safe because they have to be built and given and provided. If the state are providing them, they have to be up to a certain specification, regulation and standard and most of them are not. So they need money to be put into them. Look, well, the, the vacant, at, the vacant houses. Look at the of a lot of the, look, you, go around, you, you go around to a lot of the council tenants living around Dublin City and the conditions they're living in, rat, rat infested, rodent infested, damp, mold. They're living in horrific conditions because they've no recourse for action in terms of going to an independent rental board to oversee what's going on. The European Union has voted against the, has, has spoken out against the conditions that uh, a lot of these council tenants are living in currently as well. So there is a gross, it's, it's a catastrophic beyond the mismanagement, but it's, it's actually done, a lot of it is done, is done by design. There's issues like gentrification, where working class communities are deliberately attacked, uh, ran down as well, so the private market can move in and, and invest in those areas to make them, you know, to enhance them and make profits for their rich investors. That's what when we, I mean, okay, but Carl, well, hang on. Carl, tackle, no, well, tackle what he said. And, and, okay, you might call it somewhat conspiracy theory, but I have no doubt when we look <laughs> at politicians, by the way, in relation to, you know, we've seen some of the stories over the last year in particular uh, that have come out from the ditch uh, and, you know, about private landlords who are basically in government. I mean, they have skin in the game. Let's be clear about that. Some of them have, you know, 10 and 12 properties. So they do have skin in the game. So it is in their interest to keep the private market going, isn't it? Uh, okay, so having skin in the game isn't the same as saying that you are therefore devoid of an objective ability to uh, make decisions or that you somehow cannot make decisions within your capacity as a lawmaker. So in the same way, for instance, that we have ministers of children that have no children, it would be a discredit to them to say that because you have no children, you therefore can't make wise decisions. In fact, if you did say that, people would probably quickly point out that you're kind of being a bit weird. Like, that's not the role. You have to objectively assess things. When we talk about the highest amount of vacant homes in Europe, it's important to remember that our census immunerators found a large majority of those vacant homes. Now, there are a lot of them are in very rural areas, so they're, they're not appropriate or people don't want to live there. But a lot of them were actually in very built-up areas and they were apartments. And Fingal Council were very upset about the findings of the census and they went around and they assessed those homes. And far from the 3,900 that we were told, like right here in Dublin that were vacant, they found that the real number was more like 25 or something to that effect. Ireland also has one of the lowest occupancy rates of houses in Europe. In other words, we have a lot of people living in a four-bed house by themselves. And when we talk about why why don't we we get you know vacant properties up to speed, just lash up property tax. But most people don't want that either. Not vacant homes, but just all property tax. Make what about, be- what about bedroom tax, where, which is what they did in the United Kingdom, the bedroom it, tax? It was a ver- very effective. It was hated, but it was hated because it was effective. Now, we never managed our existing housing stock of social housing of about 130,000 or more homes well in the past. We've got 30 million in overdue rents when average rents are around 55 to 60 euro per week. You know, we we have not charged the appropriate sum that you would pay for social housing in other countries in order to make it viable and sustainable. And because of that, we just operate in this kind of beggar thy neighbor uh, policy with social housing where you also can never be sought to move on in fact that we have done such a bad job is why we have such a reliance on the private market and the private market is the only that, part of, 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 the, of the whole thing that has you're, stood you're up at, and worked but, Carol, you're but it's not a conspiracy it's just bad points. management you're answering my point you're answering my point it's, it's a gross <laughs> fundamental drive towards the private market. It's not, it's not a drive. It's, it's, it's state inefficiency. They've, de- they've, de- they've deliberately ran down. They've mismanaged the council housing stock. 
in terms of uh, the non-collection of rents. If you consider that when council... Well, well, council well, well, yeah, but Peter, but hang on, Peter. Well, it come, yeah, but when it comes to non-collection of rents, hang on. When it comes to non-collection of rents, you were the very one who spoke to me in the radio when we talked about the non-collection of rents, and I said, should people be evicted if they haven't paid their rent in five years, considering it's a small amount of rent in a council house? And you said no. They shouldn't be. Bring that up. Did I ever say that? Bring that up. You, 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 you said people. Well, well, you told me people. <laughs> you told me people should don't, never don't be. Don't worry about what happened in the past. Just in the present. Okay, well then, well then answer the question. Should somebody who doesn't pay their rent in three or four years in a council house be evicted? No. I've just explained about council. I'm not, I just answer that question. Should they be evicted? Council flats all around Dublin City that were built. Well, we won't answer that question. We built council houses, particularly on site. There was a person on site, basically, who would be the maintenance person or person who could collect the rent. And then people had rent offices in their local areas. They deliberately closed all them down. And what they did did down there is they deliberately disinvested in council estates all around Dublin City. Look at Charlemagne Street, for instance. Charlemagne Street flats, where there was over 300 council homes there for a significant period of time. It was ran down. Serious problems uh, arose because of actually the lack of investment in proper infrastructure and social, you don't, you don't need, uh, like, social needs. And now yeah. we're in a situation... Well, you, we ha- you, we mind you, you st- you've given me a really long-winded answer, but you haven't actually answered the question. They're charging €3,000 a month rent on public okay. land. We are, we are kind of limited in the amount of time we have here, okay, look, to say look, a question. No, 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 because I, no, I, I, I want an answer to that question. No, I want an answer to that question. Peter, if somebody hasn't paid their rent in three years in a council house... Should they be evicted? You should be paying your rents. Everybody should I'm, be paying their rents. You are, just won't answer the question. You said you never said that. You said you never said yes it. or no. There has, should there has they to be, be some evicted. form of evictions. But like, the issue is, if, you know, you have to consider kind of case-by-case basis with people. You can't just turn around and say, you haven't paid your rent because you're living in uh, a damp, infested, road-infested home and it's absolutely abhorrent to live in and it's causing serious health and okay. other social problems. Okay, back, back, so to the, back to the other question. Carl, I mean, over the last year in particular, we've seen the housing crisis and the accommodation crisis uh, obviously increase tenfold because we've over an extra 100,000 people, including Ukrainian refugees and people seeking international protection coming to Ireland, even though 75% of the population have said that we've taken in too many people. Um, do you believe that everybody, including people coming into the country, uh, should be entitled to accommodation or should be entitled to housing in any way, in any shape or form? Yeah, I think I, I think that in a civil society, we have to aim to protect uh, the poorest, the weakest, the most vulnerable. I have no issue with that. What I do have an issue with is enshrining that as a line in the Constitution where it's not needed and it's already covered off. But the fundamental point, and this is the only point I, I need to make to, 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 to wrap up, Niall, is that there has been a total agreement in this conversation that the state has mismanaged both the housing stock that it owns and its ability to deliver housing. But now we want to go back and have the same state take an even greater role, turn this into a constitutional right and somehow get different outcomes. You are betting on a losing horse if you do that. It's a fool of an idea and it shouldn't even be considered. Uh, Peter, do you want to respond to that? It's a fool of an idea and shouldn't even be considered because you're you're, you're heading down a dangerous road. <laughs> you need proper legislative legislative protection for tenants. Long term security, you need to look towards enforcing the legislation. There's loads of issues we could be addressing. Uh banning entire homes and Airbnbs in the city would be a start. Uh, proper vacant home tax. And you know, things like universal public homes for people where people of all income. What about what about a bedroom tax? What about a bedroom tax? Pardon? That was that public out housing there. for millionaires then is what universal <laughs> public housing is. 
Well, universality universality is a good idea. Do you not think so? Do you not think universality is a good idea? It's a good idea with a health system. (laughs) No, I don't. I absolutely don't believe we should build houses for millionaires. I think they can take care of themselves. Well, the issue of I'm talking about universality in terms of if you have the means to do it, you can go ahead and do it. But with the, the, the issues are there's so many people who are struggling in society. Twenty percent of people are at risk of poverty in Ireland, and then so, we have a lot, so, lot, so lot really, they're not they're not going to be get the millionaires won't be getting the houses. So really, you're saying universality is a, a window getting, dressing. But, but then when you actually no. put it into the, into practice, you're, you're, it's, it's you're either a building houses for millionaires or b you're just paying that idea lip service. Now what's happening now is that the the tax breaks and all the the public money is going the biggest transfer fair wealth to private landlords all the time that's what's happening that's which the tax breaks is that this government and it, that's that's the agenda of the european union which okay. Tax breaks is that? okay but just just finally Pardon? peter just finally because I, I just want to wrap this up can i ask you a question in relation to the line i hear regularly in media and radio from members of the public generally speaking look after our own first and this is something I spoke to Carl about in relation to accommodation for people who come here. We've seen a massive increase in the amount of people moving to Ireland for whatever reason, economic migrants, people seeking international protection, Ukrainian citizens, whatever it is. And then, you know, Jenny will come on the air or Mary will come on the air and they'll say, I have no problem, but we should be looking after our own first. I know a young one who's been on the housing list for the last 15 years. She can't get a home. And all of a sudden, a modular home was given to somebody who's just come in the country six months ago. So that line, look after our own first. Do you think it's racist? I think I think the bigger point is I think the pit is we should look after look after people. There, there's obviously pro, there's obviously but should we but should look at, should Irish citizens get priority? But it's obviously rights for citizens. Citizens of the country should have rights. They have rights above other uh, people's rights. Okay, so countries. you believe they should that's, get priority? That's, 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 okay, fair enough. Ba- no, ba- well, ba- I'm having a go, but I'm only asking you. Okay, so they well, should I think have the bigger, priority. I think the bigger issue is, I think, about the division, as I said earlier, it's been... been no, no, been I'm not trying to divide. I'm only asking you should they have priority because that's exactly what that line means. Carl... That line in itself, look after our own first, which means it indicates to give a citizen or person who was naturalised or born in this country um, a priority. Do you believe they should have priority? Uh, it, it, when it's worded like that, it kind of makes me cagey to, to answer in the way that you probably want me to. Uh, I, don't, I don't want you to answer in any particular Well, no, 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 but 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 what, what I'm saying, is, I, I feel that there's an emotive element built into it. Okay, no, so there isn't. No, basic, there isn't an emotive element. I'm asking you a basic question because uh, people say it to me all the time, look after our uh, own right. first, don't they? And let, let, let me answer it like this. I believe that if you come to this country, you have to do so legally, whether that's, you know, people who are born here don't have that problem. But if you come here from anywhere else, you have to do so legally. And with all the people that we have here at any given time, I think that we need to, to basically use a triage system the same as you do in a hospital. The people who are like utterly on the street, no matter where they're from, you triage them first. They're in the worst possible position. And then someone who might be living in a house, but you know, but they're not on the lease, they get triaged later. I think you just have to approach it the same way you do. That's not answering the question, really, is it? Not, well, it is, because no, what I'm saying not, is really I don't actually care where someone is from. I, th- I think you have to treat their so, circumstances. So it doesn't like matter. Church. Okay, so it doesn't matter if... <laughs> Mary's on the housing list 12 years or Johnny's on the housing list 12 years and somebody's invited by the state as a refugee to come to Ireland you, do you believe that person who's been on the housing list 12 years should get priority because they've been on the housing list longer or waiting longer as an Irish citizen do you believe they should be there they, they should get for, for the ha- for, for the housing list of course you would but someone okay. who just rocks into the country last year from a, from a war is not really going to be on the housing list they're going to go into an emergency facility so I mean that's you're not really comparing like for like there, no. That's not a fair, fair, uh, fair way to 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 actually pose the question. 
All right. Okay. On that note, I'll wrap it up. Listen, thank you very much indeed. Carl Dieter, uh, financial analyst, and Peter Dooley from the Renters Union of Ireland, uh, and also running for election. P- Peter, are you running for election again next time around? Next month? Or next year, oh, sort of say. Yeah, well, why, why not? You know, you need people in principle, principles and politics <laughs> and people speaking their mind and speaking the truth. How, how, how many votes did you get last time, Peter? Ah, leave I them alone. A, I, got, I got a lot more than you got, Carl. I, think you still <laughs> I, I didn't <laughs> run. I didn't run. So I'm that's not too bad. I'm glad run next time. I'm glad you run. You know? no, Anybody yeah, puts it forward, like, how, the position how, we're in. Yeah, as an independent give, give us a number. We, give us a number. How many votes did you get? How many votes? Well, you know, a few hundred. <laughs> Good for you. I'll tell you what, I'm going to walk away and put it, you two can put a pair of boxing gloves on. Listen, thank you very much indeed to both of you. Thanks very much indeed. The multi-award winning Niall Boylan Podcast. Listen live on Facebook, YouTube, and all the usual live stream services. To get in touch, just WhatsApp or text 085-100-2255. The Niall Boylan Podcast. They told me to shut up. Available for download from all your usual platforms.